Welcome everyone to the Men's Yoga Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Paul Denniston. Paul Denniston is a Hatha yoga, vinyasa yoga, kundalini yoga, laughter yoga. What else do we got? Restorative yoga. And you were also a, you're certified in all those. And, and you were also the teacher of movement at the Stellar Adler Academy in Hollywood. I was. At that time, um, I was teaching movement to actors to help them to find uh, ways that they were able to express themselves more physically and have deeper connections to both themselves and to their co-actors. Fantastic. My brother would love that because he took that at a school up here in Toronto and that was his favorite part. He always reminds me some of the yoga stuff we do now is like, oh, we were doing some of this and we were doing some of that. So I think he'd be very interested in uh, in this episode. Um, so, well, tell us a little bit more about who you are and where you're from. Yeah, uh, so I'm uh, I'm, a yo- I'm I live in Los Angeles and uh, I'm originally from Texas. And uh, you know, I um, my my father was a Southern Baptist minister. My mother was a Christian school teacher. And uh, you know, as I was this chubby, fat little kid growing up in Texas, uh, I realized uh, kind of was a pretty much a sensitive kid, but also a kid who would get bullied a lot. Um, I would witness and look at my mom and dad and how they would witness and how how they would handle challenging emotions. My you know, I think because I grew up in a very religious background, um, sadness or anger were tended to be pushed down. I think uh, as, a, as, a, as a man in Texas or a boy in Texas, it's like, don't cry, just go do something about it. I would see my mom kind of like suppress uh, her sadness. She never went to her father's funeral and held regret about that. Um, through uh, her life, and I would witness my father uh, bottling up anger until it would explode, and then it would become frightening for him and frightening for us, and so I think we model things after our own parents. I did the same thing when I was feeling sad. I isolated. Um, When I was feeling angry, it just started to boil until it started to explode. I would lash out. I would hurt others, and I felt like anger was a a dangerous emotion. And so instead of releasing it, I turned it inside myself and was harder on myself than anybody else was. Wow. So with that background, how'd you end up getting into, like, how did yoga find you? Well, as I started to become, how did yoga find me? I like that. Um, You know, as I, as I became older, um, I would continue to try to run from these challenging emotions. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I did was is I, I, I tried to numb out. I was using sex, drugs, and rock and roll to try to numb the pain. Uh, I was looking for a place that I could find some peace. Um, people told me about yoga, and I was like, you know what? Let me try this physical practice that maybe um, this will give me a place of peace. And, you know, I remember in that first time of that yoga class, um, just times where I would be trembling and I could feel like I was suppressing and holding so much in my body. Uh, There were moments where I was comparing myself to others. There were moments where I was looking at myself in the mirror and just, you know, being so mean to myself. I think what happens on the mat is a reflection of what's happening off the mat too. Um, I remember the kindness of the teacher and how 
you know, her suggestion and kindness, even about saying you can rest whenever you need to, I think literally dropped me to my knees and all of those challenging emotions that I had been suppressed or running away from all kind of caught up to me and I allowed myself to be with it and to move with it. And I had this powerful release and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to keep coming back to this. And I started to get curious, like, where am I holding this in my body? Where is this anger? Where is the sadness? How can I be with it? And how can I move with it? And uh, so I started to become a teacher. And at that same time as I was be a teacher, becoming a teacher with yoga, I was also, again, teaching actors, again, ways to move that could have deeper expression and connection. And I just started to get fascinated as I became a teacher of all of those different modalities of yoga that you brought up earlier. And I thought, you know, what if I created an intention with the practice of how can you move through these challenging emotions, anger, grief, regret? How can you be with it and move with it that um, can be empowering and healing? And so I started to basically... Um, through all these modalities of yoga, started to create a practice that I thought would be um, powerful to experience. Would that be the grief yoga that you're kind of... That is grief yoga, that? which grief yoga uh, blends together yoga, movement, breath, and sound to transform pain and struggle to connect to more empowerment and love. So that got you into developing all this. It was, do you figure it was your background that kind of led you to this direction? And, and then your well, as teaching? I, as I was becoming, uh, you know, certified in many different forms of yoga, I was also learning from grief and loss experts, trauma experts, studying with Peter Levine and Bessel van der Kolk, David Kessler. And I became very fascinated with where do we get stuck within grief and loss? How, how do we get stuck within it with maybe it's guilt or regrets? And I started to embody movements that replicated those specific techniques and areas, finding a way to, to just like I had created an entire practice with that intention of grief and loss, I started to break it down to specific techniques about grief and loss too. And as I started to develop this practice, I started to see how what, what, what I was doing was because I was working with a lot of people with, with grief and trauma, the first objective was to help the student to feel safe in their body to find ways that they can move the body in a safe way, um, to become um, curious about where they're holding, you know, struggle in their body, then tapping into uh, the next step, which is, is about expression. And that's where it's, it's channeling the pain through, using movement, breath, and sound. I spent so many decades running away from these challenging emotions that I thought, you know what, what if we channeled them in empowering ways and use them as fuel for healing? And that, that's, that's the part of expression. Um, but then I was like, I don't wanna leave the student in the pain. And so the next space that, we, that, that I guide them with is, is a place of connection. 
And when we're experiencing loss, we're literally disconnected from someone or something that we loved. And the meaning of what yoga m means is, un is union and connection. And within connection, they are flowing meditations that allow us to witness, uh, you know, where, where it is that we're struggling or, or witness it within others. And you, using these flowing meditations to help guide us to connect to more uh, grace, more love, more gratitude. And then the next step is, is about softening and surrender, um, which is based on a very restorative practice. It's ways that we can begin to wind down and gently stretch the body. And then finally, the next step is, is about evolution. And it's really a focused on after this loss, how can I move forward? Perhaps maybe even creating, moving from this devastation and creating something meaningful behind it. And these are techniques using movement, breath, and sound that tap into perseverance, play, and purpose. When you mention getting stuck or grief or pain getting stuck, what do you mean by that? I think that because we haven't been taught to sometimes feel challenging emotions and we judge them, what can happen is, is we don't feel them and they can get stuck in the body. Whether that be, you know, I think it, 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 it lives in many different places within our body. As, I, as far as like stuck, it could mean, you know, uh, the tension and the anxiety can sometimes get stuck and live up in the shoulders and the neck. I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. It can get stuck within the jaw. And sometimes because we can't express what we want or need, we begin with, because of that anxiety, grinding our teeth at night. It can get stuck in our head. Sometimes we, there's a place, you know, a, a grief brain where it's hard to sometimes process and think. Or maybe, you know, we're stuck in the past or have fear and anxiety of the future. Stuck could also mean a little bit within the chest. You know, in our chest, it's where the love lives, but it's also where loss and grief lives. And, and a lot of the times we might not feel comfortable feeling the grief. And so that unresolved grief can cause chest pains. I speak from this personally within myself. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so it can live in the chest. I think that because we feel sometimes within loss, a sense of powerlessness, that sometimes we can cause stomach aches. It can cause, you know, a churning, trying to process uh, these challenging emotions. Um, stuck in our hips, I think that sometimes due to sexual trauma or childhood abuse, or we carry a lot of things within our hips um, and suppressed emotions. So I, I think that when, I'm, when I share the word stuck, it's, it's sometimes people who have experienced deep loss, they're like, they, there's a sense of losing hope. I don't know how to move forward. Um, it, grief and loss is draining. And it can really weigh heavy completely on our mind and our body. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree heavily with that, especially I think mine's my lower back, I'm going to have to say, lower back region. Now, um, is, there, is there an area you see like when you work with people that may be a common area where people kind of hold it? The, the, you know, there's no one right way to grieve.
and there's no one specific place where it gets stuck within our body. I think uh, a grief is as unique as a, as a fingerprint. And so as I work with people, it, it shows up all throughout the body. Um, I think that I hear a lot of it within the spine. I, you mentioning your lower back. I think that's a, a common one. Um, but no, I, I think that it, it's, um, it's more important for um, the person or the student to get curious about where am I holding it in my body um, and to just to be with it and to start to identify that. So what would be the, f the first step then? So I got, we got pain in our back. What, what would you suggest being the well, first? Well, the first step? place I would do is, is to acknowledge it. And to, I, sometimes at the beginning of a class, I'll have, I'll have the student place their hand where they're holding pain. Sometimes because it's like, well, how do I know where I'm holding grief? One of the things that I can direct them to is, is to where are you holding pain in your body? And I mean, you're welcome to even just, you know, if you if you're comfortable and you want to place your hands even just right there where you, you're holding the pain in your body, um, that's just first off a sense of acknowledging and awareness. And my my hands immediately go up to my shoulders and neck because I know that for me that's that's one of the places that I hold it. But um, I think from for this work, the first step is just about awareness and acknowledging what is getting tapped into the breath and then to start to begin to gently warm up the spine so we can, so within this specific work, it's like we're going to not avoid the pain, but we're going to actually channel it in empowering ways. But first, it's really the first step is, is about developing awareness of it, developing awareness and a safe container within and a way to move that we can, um, find empowering ways to channel the pain through have you experienced um like transformation within this this work that i talk about that i just described awareness expression connection surrender and evolution this is called the cycle of compassionate transformation and that's the work that this is so uh that's what this work is about. It's, right. I mean, have I witnessed transformation all the time? This, that's, that is what this work is intended for. Out of the five, it's five, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, is there one, is there one that stands out more than another? I, they you know, it's same? interesting for me because I do this as a training for people too. And it's interesting for me to see like what really resonates with people. Perhaps for some people who, um, you know, I, I think expression is a powerful one because they, it's an acknowledgement of channeling and moving pain through. Um, I think that connection is, is, is powerful for people um, because they're, it's, it's, it's what they're, they're, they're needing. Um, finding a place of surrender can be very empowering. Um, so it's, I mean, the, the fascinating thing about this is that um, it, it really meets the student where they're at and says, you know, what's, what's the area that, that, that would best serve you at this time? Um, so I, I, it's different for everybody, just like everybody mm -hmm. holds, you know, pain in their body in different ways. I think that, 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 place of the cycle is 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 um dependent upon perhaps 
uh, the particular loss that you've experienced and perhaps the particular background that you grew up in? Yeah, expression, uh, I can relate again with, uh, I, I took some sound therapy classes and through that, uh, I ended up getting into more teaching sound. So sound is very resonating to me and the expression I find working with people using their voice. I feel like we've been capped or a lot of us have been capped for so long that once they get into the feeling of their voice and using their voice, this amazing expression ends up coming out through them. You work with sound a lot too. Uh, what do you find with sound and why sound? Because a lot of the time we get blocked in our throat. And um, as I have worked with therapists and you know, I've taught this practice to thousands of therapists and counselors around the world. And one of the things that they'll share is, is that sometimes at working with their clients, there's only so far that they can get with words. Um, and sometimes, you know, people might not be able to articulate uh, the trauma, the grief, the guilt. Um, and they'll, they'll share that they're like, I, I, I see how much they're holding on into their body. And so when I talk about sound, I'm using the vibration of the voice and the breath. <sighs> right there that that right there is just allowing the breath to become deeper which sometimes when we've experienced loss or grief our breath gets very shallow so using a sigh whether it's a whether it's a powerful warrior huh or a side you know or even at times a bit of like laugh a ha 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 <laughs> you know can can lift the vibration up too or even the sound of like um, Peter Levine uses a the sound of voo to calm the nervous system down too. So there's many ways that we can use sound as a part of expression to help to open up the throat. That voo is really nice. I, I haven't heard that one before. That, that is a really nice. It can... activates the parasympathetic nervous system that it allows us the space to rest and digest. Yeah, well, you wanna practice it? Yeah, definitely, for sure. All right, cool. So all you have to do, why don't we try it three times because that way it really settles in. But all you have to do is, is you just inhale through the nose and as you exhale, you just say the words, voo. And as you do it, just start to get curious about how your body reacts as you do it. Let's give sure. it a try. Yeah, all right. lovely. Inhale. Yeah, I had, I felt like a ton of relaxation at the very first moment. I had a lot of chills coming up the spine, a lot of chills kind of stimulated. And I noticed that sound for me, it feels like it's hitting below my belly button area. Mm. It was kind of really generating energy right. down there for me. Mm -hmm. I notice when I do it, how much it helps me to deepen my breath. And usually, like every time I do it after the third time, I just feel my shoulders begin to kind of um, 
sink down a little bit more too. <laughs> yeah, I, I really noticed that. Yeah. You felt yeah. it in your lower back. Is that what you said? So you... yeah, in my lower back and definitely kind of like, I guess in my sacral area below the right. belly button area. That, that sound. Yeah. Cause you mentioned too, where you held grief in your body was through your lower back. And I, I talk about it, how I hold it in my shoulders and yet after we finished it, you, you, you really become connected with the sensations of how it relaxes those areas too. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so you have a new book coming out and now is this I, your first book or your second book? It's my first, it's my first, first book. It's been a labor of love. I've, I've, um, you know, it's interesting. I've been like, as I, you know, <laughs> trying to create a book based on a, on something experiential of yoga has not been an easy route because I was like, how do you really make this work for the student and stuff? So yeah, the book is through Chronicle and it's developed in a way that really allows the student to work from home and really going through that cycle of compassionate transformation and really having these practical techniques that they can that they can work with and if you've got you know a lot of yoga teachers or something that's that's also on this this um that's listening here too i mean it's a great resource for yoga teachers to have you know a lot of different techniques and tools to support their students too but um yeah it's uh it's called healing through yoga transform loss into empowerment and it's being released through chronicle books january 18th Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Is, is it stepping through uh, like the five processes that you're doing? It's it, exactly it. It goes through the cycle of, so each step, awareness, expression, connection, surrender, evolution, each technique talks specifically about that step. It gives everything from like 10 to 15 different techniques for each of those, those techniques. It goes over case studies of clients and students that I have worked with that have gone through this process. And then at the end, the last chapter is about transformation. And it's about creating rituals, bringing these techniques together for a specific purpose, whether it's transforming um, anxiety into peace or transforming anger into purpose or transforming guilt into grace. It's really the, the it's it's designed to address the problem and break through it in empowering ways that that um, uh, connect to more love, more purpose, more grace. Are your you have online classes as well with this? I do, and uh, if you if you go to healingthroughyoga.com. Um, it actually provides for anybody who pre-orders the book um, a uh, a course. Uh, it's a free course for anybody who purchases the book on classes for for this and a little bit of kind of like a, a guide to make the book experience more experiential for the student. Oh, cool, cool. What are we are we looking at a certain age group for this or? or... I have taught this to everyone from the age of five to 90. This is a practice that is not about physical flexibility. Um, you know, this is not a practice where, where, where uh, I'm putting the student into a pretzel. Um, this, is a, this is a practice that is about emotional liberation. So it is designed for every body and it is, uh, it is meant for um, emotional transformation. 
So we got is what does the structure of the book look like? Is it like if we got photos or how is that looking? Yeah, like? yeah. There's yeah. There's um. There's probably I would say about 160 photos in there. So the book's probably about 242 pages. Uh, the first part is goes into kind of my history, my story um, of how this, my path through grief and loss, um, my uh, path to creating this, and then each chapter awareness expression connection surrender and evolution talks uh, a little bit about clients that i've worked with with each of those specific areas uh it talks about you know what we're doing within this particular stage and then the specific techniques that support it who is this book made for anybody who's struggling anybody who's gone through loss um, anybody who uh, wants to um, take a deeper dive um, into the mind-body-spirit connection, um, anybody who's dealing with pain who is ready to, um, to shift it, anybody who's kind of like wanting compassionate transformation, that's what it's designed for. It seems like it's coming out at a perfect time where almost the world could use something like this. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What has been your biggest learning experience? Coming as a as a man, there was always a tendency to want to, when someone was struggling or in pain, to feel like, let me do something. How can I, you know, bright side, you know, think of the positive things. Um, and through this work, um, something powerful has allowed me to see that the importance of just being with someone, um, the, 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 the value of just listening to someone without feeling like I need to fix them, um, the, the value of um, um, just being with the person, that was pretty powerful for me. Um, I, I'm a big believer of balance. So as much as there is a sense of like being, witnessing and holding space in a compassionate way without taking on their pain, I was also a place of like, and what can we do with this now? How can we move through it? So it's a little bit of a balance of both, but really that sense of being with it, both within myself and, and, and holding the space with others has been a powerful teaching lesson for me. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Where, uh, where are your classes? Like, where can people find you and learn So at more this about... point, because of COVID, you know, it's all online. So uh, griefyoga.com uh, is a great place to, to go to for that. Okay. And uh, you have links to your book up through the website? And everything yeah, with, well? you know, with griefyoga.com, there is the link to the book is, is def definitely there. There's lots of resources uh, that, you know, if you, if you, uh, um, financially if you're having a hard time go to the resource section there's lots of like free classes that you can kind of experience to embody this if you want to go and do some of the deeper work check out the classes and courses um, if you're interested in learning how to teach this uh, check out the trainings so it's all on griefyoga.com Beautiful. Any social media that people can follow you on? Sure. Grief Yoga. Grief Yoga. <laughs> Over there awesome. on, social, on all social medias. Yeah. <laughs> nice and easy. Nice and easy. <laughs> and 
I'll make sure to have all the links uh, up in the show notes and everything as well. Great. Uh, well, Paul, I really would like to thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences, your story about your new book. It, it seems fantastic. I'm looking forward to it coming out. And thanks again for joining us on the Men's Yoga Podcast. And I would love to have you back on and even explore a bit of laughter yoga. Amen to that. We need a little bit more laughter in our life. You got <laughs> it. So. How about how about we 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 incorporate some laughter in the new year? <laughs> I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> you got it.